Welcome to the Retail Exchange Podcast. This episode of the Retail Exchange is brought to you in association with Attentive. Drive sales with text message marketing. Visit attentive.co.uk slash exchange to see what Attentive can do for you. Welcome to the latest episode of the interview series from the Retail Exchange Podcast. I'm Carl McKeever. On this latest episode recorded at Shop Talk Europe 2022, I'm delighted to be joined in conversation by Hani Weiss, Chief Executive Officer of Majid Al Futaim Retail, the exclusive partner of choice for international hypermarket and supermarket brand Carrefour. The last few years have brought profound and powerful change to retail. The critical factor holding everything together is leadership. Hani's own career began at Majid Al Futaim Retail in 2001 as a section manager at Carrefour in city centre Deira, the firm's first hypermarket in the region. Today, as its CEO, Hani leads a business of 37,000 colleagues operating over 450 Carrefour stores across 16 countries in the region and serving more than 750,000 customers each day. I sat down with him to explore the story behind Majid Alphatame retail business and the challenges of operating a successful grocery retail franchise business within the Middle East, and to hear his thoughts on what great retail leadership looks like today and, more importantly, for the future. Here's the interview. Welcome. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, for those people who are not familiar with um, Carrefour in, in the Middle East, tell us about your operation, the formats, how big, how small, how many customers, just give us some overview. Uh, Majid Al-Futaim is a conglomerate uh, in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia. And uh, we have uh, multiple businesses around shopping mall. Uh, you know, we run properties, communities. We have also uh, leisure entertainment. We have our own uh, brand, which is the Vox Cinema, where we have more than 600 uh, screens around the Middle East. And then, uh, last but not least, we have our Majd Al-Futaim retail business where we have the license to operate Carrefour in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia, up to 31 countries. This is our, you know, uh, territories uh, for the time being. Majd Al-Futaim retail currently exists in uh, 16 countries. We have more than 450 stores. And, you know, I lost count because every day we open one or two small stores here and there. Uh, our operation is very much diverse and localized, and we have a different formats from the big hypermarket like Mall of the Emirates one, which is our iconic store, 10,000 square meter selling area, total store close to 14,000 square meter. This is our biggest store. And for anybody who's been to that mall, they should understand it's, it's a huge space. It occupies, what, the, the, more or less the whole of the ground floor. Absolutely. It is really, really uh, big space. And uh, in this store, we have more than 130,000 SKUs. We do offer food and non-food experience. But more importantly is that this store is becoming a destination for majority of, you know, the customers who live in the, you know, in almost five kilometer radius uh, from Mall of the Emirates. And it's positioned particularly conveniently as well for lots of apartments and residential buildings, etc. Exactly. So part of our development, when we opened Mall of the Emirates, uh, you know, people were saying they are a bit crazy because there was no one. But then, as you can, you know, see currently all 
around more of the Emirates, plenty of residential areas, villas, and what have you. And Carrefour is anchored in the middle of the mall to make sure that we drive traffic, you know, into our shopping mall. And this is actually part of our ecosystem. And this is where, you know, we, the owner built uh, Majd Fotem around shopping mall initially and Carrefour being, you know, a traffic generator. So that's one of the biggest. Tell us about the other formats. Now, the other formats, we do have a multiple formats from compact hypermarket, i.e., you know, six to 8,000 square meter. We can go even up to 5,000 square meter in compact hypermarket. We do have supermarkets that varies from 500 square meter up to 2,000 uh, square meter. We have also the convenience stores from 150 square meter up to 500 square meter. And we have like different formats in every country. What and I believe we, you just also opened a just walk out technology store. Oh, this is uh, something that I'm very, very proud of because uh, as we are always unique and pioneer in you know, driving innovation and making sure that we try to anticipate customer experience as much as possible in our part of the world. So we tie up with a company in the USA, which is iFi, and we brought the best technology uh, around the world where you know, we came up with a wonderful store experience of almost 80 square meter uh, store, 100% unmanned store. It is the City Plus format. It's our first pilot uh, in Dubai in Mall of the Emirates. It's a great technology because, you know, you just need to do uh, the Carrefour app, just need to scan your uh, QR code. Once you are in, you know, we don't need your phone or anything because the store is equipped with an AI technology, computer vision. It has a unique opportunity to, un you know, to identify the customers by, you know, their body, the way that they look and this, and we don't store any data. We are very much GDPR compliant. And you can also, I think, uh, track products from the shelf. So when exactly. an item is lifted, it, it uh, registers a weight change. Uh, absolutely. So the way it works, we have like sort of virtual baskets. The customers come in, they choose whatever they want. They can bring it back to shelves and it automatically will be deducted from the, you know, the virtual basket and simply walk out. You know, we don't need anything from you. You don't need to stop, no security check, nothing. And this is a great example for us how, you know, utilization of data and technology can be of, you know, a great uh, to our customers. Um, what is the formula for success in terms of opening in each new market? Uh, I wish I have one, you know, formula, which is the key of success. But the one thing that I know very well is that we are the international local grocery shops in every country we open in. We can't be only international, you know, retail, the Carrefour standards. We do have the Carrefour standards everywhere, but we cannot serve the way that we serve, you know, in Dubai, in Egypt, like in Egypt or Nairobi, because localization, it's much more broader than that. Localization starts uh, first by the local production. So in each country that we, op we operate in, we do 80 to 90% of our purchases locally, whether we source them from local farms or SMEs, local distributors, but the idea is that to make sure we create these jobs in every country that and we And is that for an efficient supply chain, or is that because the people locally also expect to have produce which is coming from a short distance? Absolutely. I mean, it's also part of our sustainability agenda and values, which is to reduce on food carbon, and, you know, this is very, very important. But the other thing also to create the jobs around, you know, the stores that we open. Right. Because most of the farmers, they had no exit, you know, to sell their products or they have no commitment. What we do is that we sign agreement with the farmers. We give them commitment up to three years to make sure, you know, that we take all their harvest and they are not worried about, you know, what to do with them. So you're building partnerships as you go. Absolutely. I mean, the second thing is that you have to know is that we 
develop local supply chain capabilities because you can imagine a lot of you know traffic from suppliers warehouses to our warehouses from farms to our warehouses and what have you so the way that we see our business is that whenever we enter a country we help a lot in developing multiple you know businesses smes especially that becomes at a time at the time you know conglomerates because of dealing with us and what have you and the other thing is that we make sure that we reflect this image of being local in each and every not only country but city right. because you can imagine in pakistan what we do in karachi is different than what we do in lahore or islamabad mm. you need to be local even within the country not only from a country perspective mm. the other thing is the development and hiring of local talents in most of the country we are almost pioneer we are the first to enter from an international standard and what we've seen in the past that this local knowledge of the grocery retail is missing having the right butchers the great butchers i would say fishmongers the bakers and what have you and what we do we develop this uh, you know skills in the countries and in some countries like the UAE uh, Egypt and Saudi will follow this year and next year we we'll build a school where we start to graduate people regardless whether they they're going to work with us at Majlis Hotel Retail Carrefour or any competitor doesn't matter but we need so to make sure that we have the right skills so you're recognizing that you don't have all the answers and that actually no, it's the people in the places that you're going to serve that that can also help you on your way big time and then having locals you know working with you they understand the culture they understand tradition they help you to navigate you know better by doing your business keeping in mind that we need to keep the international standard in terms of safety hygiene and security you know Carl, in majority of the countries we have much higher standard than the country itself or what is really imposed by certain governments and again we are being the example for many grocery retailers to follow us and to start to you know do the same uh practices in terms of hygiene mainly in the store the safety measures and security we do recognize that we invest additional capex in the beginning because just to maintain those you know standards we do understand that but we want to keep them because this is a major element of differentiation versus any other local player so if you opening stores in a new market it's not just about putting down more shops across the footprint this this is about actually really getting to know the people and actually looking uh, you know how you can serve them better by being closer to them absolutely i mean opening a country is not you know a walk in the park it takes a lot of efforts we have uh, almost sort of pre-opening teams that they go to uh, new countries they study the market they sit with multiple partners from cpgs to bankers to audit companies to market research and what have you and they come up you know with a great presentation uh, to understand the country and make sure that people would not visit the country also presenting that to our board members but also to our shareholder representative to explain why we are entering certain countries and what do we need to do in this country so yeah it's a, it's a big work it, it needs a lot of preparation but uh, and, and i think this ties into your uh, one of the kind of company's principles about customer centricity what what does that mean to you You know, Majlis Fotem, uh, it's all about creating great moments for everyone every day. This is what we want to achieve in uh, you know every day, and this is what we do in order just to create these great moments. And it's not you know very easy, as <laughs> you can imagine. It takes a lot of hard work in order for us to deliver these great moments, and that's why customer is at the center of everything we do, whether from you know the way that we display uh, our products or. the shelves the way that we even we implement our shelf in certain stores our uh, layout 
uh, is changing actually from one country or city to another based on the customer habits and, and, and behavior. Right. So you might take feedback and you'll uh, actually use that feedback to influence how you lay out the store or present the products. Absolutely. I mean, we value a lot of feedback and customer and employees are the two most important elements for us, you know, to, to, to provide this a great moments for uh, our customers. Now, the other thing is that what we've done in the last five years from digitizing the store services, we're all based on customer feedbacks. For instance, I'll give you an example. During pandemic or just before pandemic, we had the scan and go uh, technology where you enter into our store, you take one uh, PDA or a, you know, a small laser machine, you start to scan your products, you put them in your trolley, you pay and you go. You know? But during pandemic, uh, people were very much sensitive in touching you know, anything, actually including the trolleys. So we had to sanitize the trolleys, change the way that you know, they look and what have you, but we couldn't get over the scan and go thing. So the digital team came up with a great idea, which is to quickly develop the mobile scan and go. Because you trust your mobile, it's your mobile, it's in your hand almost all day. So we quickly move from the traditional scan and go into a mobile scan and go based on the customer feedback and what the customer actually, is they were telling us that they need during uh, the pandemic. And this has a great, great penetration today. Sure, and you've taken almost. a barrier away here. Exactly. So where there was friction, now you've made it easy. In, in 18 months now, this is represent almost 10% of our sales in our stores. In some stores, it goes up to 18%. So also the, the adoption rate is extremely high. We were expecting 5% at best. Well, presumably, you, you also can uh, start to now look at ways to integrate that. So that, that scan-and-go technology also then feeds into the app that can then feed into the cashless stores, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, you are absolutely right. This is what we are trying to build, which is a super app. Today, everything is integrated into our Carrefour app. When you go to Carrefour app, you can choose the journey, whether it's scan-and-go, whether the City Plus, whether even the technology that we have uh, for you know, the blockchain technology that we use to give visibility and traceability to our customers. Today, we are, again, the first retailers in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia to bring in the blockchain technology into at least our Dubai stores, where we have more than 75 SKUs. Customers can scan the QR code, again, using the mobile app. It's all integrated in the app. You know, and they get end-to-end -end visibility on the products, for instance, if you take the famous example of the chicken that we have, which is Carrefour private label chicken in, in Dubai or in the UE, you can you know, see exactly what they fed the chicken, the slaughterhouse certificate, the way they transport the chicken. You know, so there's full traceability. Full traceability. And this gives actually much more confidence to our customers to buy our products. But also it is our duty to bring this transparency also as much as possible to our customers. Dubai especially, but more widely across the Middle East, um, the, the, the society is based around a Mao culture. Um, the Mao is, is not just a place for stores, it's a place to hang out, it's a place to socialize, it's a place where people meet and greet. What can the rest of the world learn from the great Maos of, of the UAE um, and really kind of you know, think about how we can make improvement to our own shopping centers? In fact, what we have seen, and this is the trend that you know, is currently in the UAE, but also going into other countries, the store will become much more of, take it as a showroom, but the store has become much more of an experiential center, right. i.e. customers want to go and hang out, you know, discuss, eat, uh, have a discussion around, you know, the best food experience. And what we are going to integrate, and I think also majority of the European markets are thinking of the almost the same way, which is integrating food experience 
within the grocery shops, but also using the technology. So if you are in our store and you know you eat pasta or pizza or whatever and you like it, then you can scan the ingredients and you can find everything ready yeah, for you and, to grab and, and go. And I think a brand like Italy has been fundamental in, in that revolution. Exactly. And Italy, we're driving that. But imagine to do that at much larger scale, like our grocery shop. across different categories. And across different categories. And this is what makes the experience really unique. And I think I am very much advocating that, you know, physical stores, the brick and mortars will never die. They will continue to be great. But the, I think the purpose of the uh, brick and mortars will change to be much more of experiential store and showroom probably for the electronics products. My conversation with our guest on this episode of the Retail Exchange is brought to you by Attentive. You can't have a conversation with this ad, but with text message marketing, you can. Attentive lets you launch and optimise a new mobile marketing channel. Interact with your customers where they are through personalised and real-time conversations with powerful results. Attentive drives billions in e-commerce revenue for over 5,000 brands globally. See what Attentive can do for you at attentive.co.uk slash exchange. Attentive. Drive retail sales with text message marketing. You originally joined the business many years ago. I believe one of your first roles was actually as a section manager in Carrefour in the city centre Dira. Absolutely. Clearly, you've you've learned a lot along the way and you've done many great things to your current position. What would be some of the greatest insights that you would say to people that are on the, that same career journey? Yeah. You know, what's important to do? What are those big steps to get right? First of all, first of all I'm very uh, a proud math product, I would say, uh, leader, because uh, Magical for Time is all about developing talents and creating this, you know, talent pool from within the organization. And by the way, our success rate so far is 70% of our promotions are from within uh, on managerial level, which is extremely high. So we have our leadership institute to continue to develop our talents, help them to grow and get better opportunity. But we have also for middle management and even for the smaller, the frontliners and what have you, we have different type of schools and training and uh, you know materials to, to help create them opportunities. To, exactly, to create opportunities. I think... For me, there are multiple, you know, uh, attributes where it can help leaders to grow and, you know, not necessarily all of them will become the CEO of the business, but will have a big opportunity to grow and go beyond. I think number one, you know, what I have learned, people have to be curious. They need to have this curiosity to learn and ask questions because most of the time we've seen people, they like to do stuff without knowing why they're doing it. Mm. So one thing I have noticed that people, when they start to ask questions and debate, they create much positive environment around, you know, the work environment and they are able to change. And today, you know, we give this opportunity to all our staff through multiple events to tell them, talk to us, tell us what we can improve in order to make you better and make our business better. It's so, interesting you say that. You know, my my very first uh, job that I that I left, I, I, I love this job very much. I was there for about seven years. Uh, I was actually part of the development team behind the clothing retailer Next. Mm. But when I left and my leaving card, my boss put uh, alongside her signature, the only guy who kept asking me why. So curiosity, I think, Absolutely. as you say, it's that, it's that thirst for learning. Absolutely. And, and actually, it's the thirst to, to learn and do something new every day. Because I think, you know, learning has absolutely no limits. Every day that passes, uh, you know, that we don't learn anything, I think it's a dead day. 
So we need to keep this in mind that every day we need to learn something new or relearn something, you know, teach something to other people. And this is how we can develop this great Pass talent. Pass it on, share the knowledge. Exactly. The other thing is that I truly believe that people need to have the passion. And I always tell our colleagues that, you know, have the passion for what you do. If you don't like it, do something else. Because imagine that you come every day to the job and if you don't have the passion, the energy to do what you love to do, then you, you won't do well. Mm. So, and I have a great example to share with you if you allow me here. You know, in one of my monthly updates to uh, all our 40,000 great colleagues, I told them, guys, if you don't like what you do, change. And then a couple of months after, I was visiting one of our countries and the country manager, you know, told me, I want to introduce you to this lady. Okay, fine. Well, what, are, what do you do? She said, I am a section, bakery section manager. I said, okay, I'm happy to meet you. What is your story? She said, four months ago, I heard you saying that if you don't like, you know, what you do, you have to change. And I have passion, you know, for bakery. I love to do cakes. I love to do stuff. And actually, she was going home every day, creating her own recipes, inviting her neighbors and ask them to try it out. And then the next day comes to Carrefour, try this recipes with different customers as if she's at home and telling them this is made by me. And she started to put her signature. And in fact, when we, the team, actually were convinced to move her from the back office, they give her the right training and she become one of our most successful bakery section manager. The sales in that section grew by more than 10%. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you gave an opportunity so, and, and encouraged that exactly, to, to flourish. Exactly. So I think this passion or, you know, and the love of the job is very, very important. And I think that's one of the hallmarks, really, of a great leader. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm assuming that you are. Uh, it's about this thing of uh, encouraging people behind you, you know, uh, getting people to step forward, to step up and to, to do more. You work for Next and you know all our business is around people. Without people, without a great team, we cannot do any job. So this is our first, you know, objective is to develop our people and make sure we give them the right opportunity and set them up to success. Because most of the leaders, they don't know even how to deal and cope up with, you know, their team. And this is also what we help our leaders to make sure that they give these opportunities to their team, to ask them questions and to make sure to have this open discussion. Because without feedback, you know, we will not be able to, to grow. And this is what we are trying at Majlis Vuitton to do, is to have this mutual open feedback. We hear, we give feedback, but we also give, uh, we give and take uh, feedbacks all day long. And that story you just mentioned there about the lady who was the bakery section manager and is now really almost a high flyer within that category. She is. She, she's clearly got an entrepreneurial spirit within herself. How do you nurture that or encourage that to, to prosper within a huge corporate organization. You know, look, the, the, the thing with big businesses, they often become very lumpy and they can get stuck and they can get very bogged down in, 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 in the day job. Sometimes that spirit is knocked out of the company without you even wanting that to be the case. How do you maintain that, that drive for and thirst for keeping it fresh, keeping it new? Yeah, Carl, I thank you for this question because this is a key for any big organization, especially, you know, when become huge corporate, different levels, we tend unintentionally to kill, you know, motivation. And people, they just lose, you know, interest to motivate and do something new. Because I'm very much aware of that, because I grew up, you know, the ladder gradually, and I did different positions in the stores, in different region, country had offices, and then to the corporate office, I made sure that we created the platform where, 
we created an initiative by our uh, great uh, HR or HC, we call them human capital. We have a division called, uh, you know, We Care, which is mainly around taking care of our employees. And We Care came up with great initiative with a discussion that I have with them, which we call it OIC, which is Observe, Innovate, and Change. Wow, okay. And we ask all our employees, regardless of their grades, their titles, their jobs, their positions, could be doing anything to subscribe and be part of these initiatives and give us their ideas that are filtered carefully at a country level. And then the best 10 ideas are brought to me and my executive team. So this is like a hot house for innovation. It is. And then we go through a whole day asking the people, we give them budget actually to demonstrate how you know, they're willing to take their initiative forwards and they present to us their ideas. Wow, like and Dragon's Den. Exactly. And the top three ideas are actually rewarded financially, but also recognized by the CEO, by the executive committee that those people have done something really unique to the company. And our promise back to them is that we take those initiatives and we implement them in the stores. And by the way, they have great return so far. Yeah, I'll and I'm sure the people that have been the, the, the pioneers of this feel immensely proud. And imagine this sense of pride, you know, I did this in, in, uh, yeah. innovation to Majdal Futaim Retail Carrefour. I'll give you an example. We have, you know, Carrefour stores. We have multiple stores, but we also created two new ideas, which is the Carrefour boat, which is the first sailed through supermarket in the world, wow. which was innovative, driven by my head of corporate development, where we brought an entrepreneur, you know, just newly graduated from the university, had a great idea, and we made sure to bring his idea to life, where we created the first sale through supermarket in the world. That is, if you go to Dubai around Jumeirah Beach, you will see it everywhere with the Carrefour, you know, brands in it. It has a great stuff. It serves customers who are on their yacht or jet ski or even people on the beach because it has a skiff attached to it that, you know, deliver to the people on the beach. So it's not a drive-through, this is a sail-up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this is really a unique idea. The other great idea was the people said that in certain communities, we cannot have, you know, a small Carrefour or this, and people are not very much, you know, adapting the e-commerce activities. So they said, why don't we do a Carrefour bus? Wow. And we created the bus, we call it Mobi Mart. Carrefour bus goes around in certain communities where Carrefour is not there, People, they are not so much into e-commerce yet, and we offer them this great service, you know, at their doorsteps. From a trusted name. Exactly. So those kind of initiatives did not come from me. It, it came from our great colleagues. Um, Hani, you speak with such passion, and I can see that, you know, as a, as a, as a lifer within the business, um, you know, that you've achieved many, many things. But what drives you? You know, clearly you have this zest for, for, for the job. You can see that. What, what's behind that? You know, uh, I think in each and every interview, I'm always asked this question. What keeps you motivated? What is the you know, reason behind this motivation energy? And I honestly don't know, <laughs> first, <laughs> except, except, the fact, except the fact I love what I'm doing. You know, it's not now because I'm the CEO. Do you think that the fact that you have been in the business for so long, exactly. also inspires other people. Because look, you know, in many companies, you see CEOs, they come and they go and they come and they go. People are constantly kind of almost lost in a tailspin of new initiatives and not sure almost, you know, how seriously to take this because True. it might just be a passing thing. But it seems perhaps that you're offering 
some stability and some history that is is part of the story. Absolutely right. I think there is this sense of, you know, connection between me and the colleagues. I can tell you in many of the country stores that I go to, I can name people, you know, whether on the cash lines, behind the cash lines, the offices, back offices. So it's and personal. So it's very personal. We create this, you know, relationship, which is beyond just a normal professional relationship. And people are very, very proud when they see the CEO, you know, calling them by name mm. and sometimes recognizing their efforts and what they have done and what have you. The other thing is that with 16 markets, you know, every day is something new in this market versus the other market. So it keeps you a lot, uh, or, you know, on your toes all day long. So the challenge is actually a part of the what challenges The challenge is also part of it. But more importantly also, this changing consumer habits and the way that you know, we are completely busy trying to understand our customers, trying to anticipate their wants and their needs, and try also to continue to be pioneer in bringing the latest innovations into our stores, countries. It's, you know, it brings a lot of joy because you always, you know, trying to get something which is, you know, always running after something and keeps you very happy. Uh, I'll share something with you. This, this for me is a personal observation. Sure. I, I meet many people in my job. I talk to many, many people. A few people I see that, that special twinkle in their eye that shows me they really, really love what they do. And you have this. I can see you are literally bristling with excitement <laughs> as you give me every answer, which is wonderful. Um, what have been some of the hardest moments? You know, when things haven't gone quite to plan or you think, oh, gosh, if we could only wind back time a little bit, what would I change? Listen, the hardest moment and where I, I feel that we failed uh, in the beginning was in the way that we started to implement our e-commerce business because until 2017, we were you know, almost a traditional brick and mortar organization. And then quickly we understood that we can't continue you know, to do our business the way we have done it over the last 25 years and we needed to change. And the biggest you know, decision that I had to take as a leader, which is to invest heavily in the e-commerce capabilities and digital capabilities in order for us to create this business that will converge and will become one omnichannel. But the beginning was extremely difficult, and I tried to push and convince almost 40,000 colleagues that we need to invest and you know, lose money you know, in order for us to create this business. But the amount of resistance was tremendous, was huge. And, and was that, some of that was concerned perhaps that they were job, fearful for their own futures? Exactly, future, whether online will take our business and what have you. So I think I failed as a leader to convince uh, that time our people uh, in the way. And we should have done it differently, probably by engaging more people well in advance, you know, talking to them about the importance of the e-commerce and convince them and incentivize them also. Hmm. It took us some time to create this incentive model to our store people in order to adopt this omnichannel uh, experience. My final question is, is maybe quite open-ended, but deliberately so. Um, what are the ambitions that you personally have yet still to fulfill, either in your role or in your career more broadly? Uh, this is a very tough question because I think, you know, I will never be satisfied because it's, you know, this um, race to excellence, this race to do something over and beyond to continue to disrupt yourself before being disrupted by someone else. So in, in this journey, you can't say I'm satisfied or this is my goal or this is my ambition. This actually, the sky has no limit and we continue to need, we need to continuously you know, to work on innovations, doing something new. But what really, you know, I'm, I'm sure of that I want to create this omnichannel grocery 
of choice for all our customers in all our markets, be it driven by value for money, experience, food experience, digital experience, regardless. We need to create this you know, ecosystem for our customers from the moment they wake up until they sleep. They only think about Carrefour that this is the solution that I have for everything I need during the day. So there's still plenty to go for, and I'm, I'm convinced that you're going to be the man that takes it forward. Hopefully. Let's see. We'll have that chance to talk in one or two years from now, and we can tell you what we've done with the team. Amazing. Thank you so much for the conversation. Uh, I've been chatting with Hani Weiss of my gym at Fotome Retail. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl. This episode of the Retail Exchange was brought to you in association with Attentive. Drive sales with text message marketing. Visit attentive.co.uk slash exchange to see what Attentive can do for you. That's all we have time for on this episode of the Retail Exchange podcast. From me, Carl McKeever, goodbye and thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter. Hashtag Retail Exchange. Thanks for listening. <laughs>